0: Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, a late upload on Thursday, February 6, 2020. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you joining me on this day in which we will discuss the Vegas Golden Knights returning home. Yes, returning home after 3,000 years away from Las Vegas. The Golden Knights will return home to play a game on Saturday, but they will be doing so. Having won three of their last four to close an eight game road trip after a seven to two victory. Yes, I said seven to two victory over the Florida Panthers to close out the Florida part of the road trip, the East Coast Florida road trip, I guess you can say. I don't know. But in any event, the Golden Knights have won three out of four on a night. In which, if you even look back to two days ago, I kept saying the Golden Knights missed an opportunity on Tuesday to gain some ground. They did not miss an opportunity tonight. We will break that down in just a little bit. But first of all, before we get underway, uh, the usual housekeeping items that we need to cross off the list before we get going here. If this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, welcome to you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights usually Monday through Friday. (laughs) Um, but once again, I have, I, 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 usually get a problem with migraines lately and it sucks. And when I get the migraines, I really have no, I really have no sense of where I am, what I'm doing. And I don't think me recording a podcast, if I have no sense or wherewithal of what I'm doing is probably the best idea. So, with that said, I apologize for not getting to yesterday, but we do have a jam-packed episode today that we need to discuss. We need to discuss a major bit of news, and we will discuss this game. Uh, You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. If you like sending emails, because emails are fun too, you can do so to LockedOnGoldenNights at gmail.com. And I do appreciate you if you do that, because... You know, who doesn't like a good email? I mean, it's 2020. Everyone's texting, tweeting, whatever. Emails are nice, too. Emails are good. I do appreciate those who send in your emails for your questions and whatnot. It's always greatly appreciated. So let's break down. What what really is there to break down, now that I think about it? <laughs> I mean, let, you, you look at this game. We knew the Golden Knights needed to get these two points. It was very evident the way that Tuesday happened. The way that Tuesday happened. They needed to come out and get two points that were going to be very crucial as they begin this uh, home-heavy stretch in February that they're about to embark on. The Golden Knights did just that, and they did so because of the stick of Mark Stone, who had one hell of a game, tying an NHL career-high five points with three assists, two goals, scored the first two goals of the game, and then had three assists to cap off one hell of a night. Uh, it was a two to two game in the second period after I believe it was Vinny Trocek who scored the tying goal uh, after Mike Hoffman also scored for the Panthers on the power play and Mark Stone had his two tallies both coming within the first three minutes of the period and then at the end of the second period Max Pacioretty scored the first of his two goals and then the avalanche just mm. the avalanche went on downhill Jonathan Marshall scored uh, Nate Schmidt scored, Shea Theodore scored a shorthanded goal, and then uh, Pacioretty with a second tally off the assist from one Mark Stone to end the game 7-2 in favor of the Golden Knights, who are now 28-21-7 on the year, and they will be coming back home for a Saturday matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes, having won three of four. Going four, three, and one on this eight game staggered road trip. More importantly, though, four, two, and one since making the change from Gerard Gallant to Peter DeBoer. That is the biggest. You can, you, again, you look at those two regulation losses against Boston and against Tampa. And if a puck bounces here, puck bounces there, we're looking at a much better result in those seven games. But you know what? You take what what would it be nine out of 14 points under DeBoer. I think you very much take that, and you feel very good coming back home, knowing you were going to have a boatload of games coming up at home. I believe there are eight games at home this month alone. Play at Carolina, and then at Min- you play home against Carolina, and then at Minnesota, and then I believe it's the five-game stretch, which is Murderer's Row. Uh We will talk about that probably next week because there is a lot to digest there. Um, But very good win for the Golden Knights uh, to be able to not only weather the storm uh, because you have to you've got to be on your toes when you're facing the Panthers. Uh, Even though they were without Sasha Barkov for I believe it was the third or fourth straight game. Even though they didn't have him, you still have to take into account who Florida is throwing out there. Jonathan Huberdeau had two assists on the night. Uh, again, Trocek is one of those guys where you, you have to keep an eye on him at all times. Uh, Dadnov and Achari, who has been red hot for most of this year. You have to keep your eye on those guys. And the fact that Vegas, for the most part, was really able to neutralize those guys for the better part of 60 minutes. That is a quality win against a team that I know a lot of people aren't really buying when it comes to playoff stock, but the Panthers are good, guys. They are a very good team. It just so happens tonight, they got to Sergey Bobrovsky. Bob had a horrendous game. He got chased after allowing the sixth goal. And then Sam Montembeau gave up the final goal from Pacioretty uh late in the third period. But again, none of this probably happens without the play of Mark Stone, his third career five-point game, his first uh with Vegas. He had two with Ottawa, but his first five-point game with Vegas. You'll also recall that the only other player to have a five-point game to this point, if I'm not mistaken, is Mark Stone when he had a hat trick and two assists in game 3. Of the Western Conference first round against the Sharks last year, so Stone took over, played well on both ends of the ice, and really set the tone for his line mates. Chandler Stephenson had two assists. Patcharetti had an assist to go with those two goals. And then when you get to the third period, Nate Schmidt scores 17 seconds in to make it four to two, and it just the Avalanche just it just started to roll and that that is a quality win for the Golden Knights who were able to win three out of four on this second four game road trip that they had and more importantly and again I I talked about this uh, the other day points are at a premium points are very important at this time of the year especially when you have as crowded of a pacific division as the NHL does right now the Vancouver Canucks lost to the Minnesota Wild, the Edmonton Oilers lost to the San Jose Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes lost to the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Calgary Flames lost to the Nashville Predators, all in regulation. So as it stands on this night, even though the Oilers have two games in hand and the Canucks have one game in hand, the Vegas Golden Knights are in second place in the Pacific Division on this night, which after everything that has happened, Over the course of almost a month, from January 15th on, the fact that we are here on this night talking about the Golden Knights being at 63 points and only two points behind the Vancouver Canucks for first place in the Pacific Division, that has got to be considered a miracle. A lot has changed. A lot has happened in this short amount of time. The Golden Knights have been playing well. Again, would it be helpful to have another two to four points in their bag in their bag. Absolutely. Because then we probably be talking about the golden Knights being in first place in the Pacific division as they head back home uh, for this loaded month of February, where they'll be playing a lot of games uh, on the road and looking at the playoff picture as we are right now, the predators with that win against Calgary with two games in hand are only one point back of the flames for the second wild card, the coyotes, they're treading water as well with sixty-one points, and th- they are they are treading water as well. So the the wild card race is not safe at this current juncture, which is why every point at this moment is important for the Golden Knights to whether they get to the first seed or whether they stay in the second seed. As long as they get home ice for the first round, that is very imperative. So big win, big, big, big win for the Golden Knights, especially when it could have been a deflating loss at Tampa, knowing you missed an opportunity. They come back tonight and lay the hammer down on the Panthers, who are still in a playoff spot. They're still third in the Atlantic. It's not like they're going anywhere. So a big win for the Golden Knights to, go, to at least get one win out of the top three teams in the Atlantic, given the circumstances and given where they are in the standings. By far, very impressive win tonight. So we need to discuss the big bit of news that broke this afternoon. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights are officially getting an AHL Well, I won't say officially. They've officially purchased a team with the intention of relocating them to Las Vegas. We talked about it about, I want to say a week or two ago about the reports coming in that the Golden Knights were looking to purchase a team for the AHL and have it be in Southern Nevada, that will that is more than likely going to be put in motion uh, rather soon. The Golden Knights announced today that they have purchased the San Antonio Rampage of the AHL, which is the current affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, you'll also recall, I am not, I can't remember off the top of my head if we talked about this on the podcast, but the Chicago Wolves uh, announced a few days ago that they had no intention of re-upping their partnership with the Golden Knights as their affiliate. Um, to my knowledge, uh, the the logical, sense sensible step here would be the Blues partnering back up with the Chicago Wolves. If you will recall, guys, the uh the blues and the golden knights did split the chicago wolves in vegas's first year as a franchise obviously after year 1 year 2 saw the blues take on the rampage and the golden knights be with the Wol- were off being with the wolves and there was a 5 year agreement between the golden knights and the wolves with an opt out after year 3 so there you go and then now it is made official the Golden Knights have purchased the San Antonio Rampage. The Rampage will finish out the season as St. Louis' affiliate. The Blues will be looking for a replacement immediately. Again, I'm likely thinking it will be the Chicago Wolves. Uh, we'll not, will not uh, behold to that, but we'll see how it goes from there. More than likely, that is going to be the case. Uh, the plan now for this team is the is a vote needs to go through the AHL Board of Governors. It is unbarring a ridiculous setback. It is more than likely going to be approved by the AHL Board of Governors, relocating the rampage to Southern Nevada, in which they will likely be named the Henderson Silver Knights. They will be playing at Orleans Arena for about the next two seasons, I believe, before they move. Apparently, they're going to move all uh, operations, games, practices, everything to, um, the new arena in Henderson on water street, which is supposed to be completed within the next year or two. So big news out of that realm, the golden Knights, I, which I thought this was going to take a little bit longer. I thought that this would probably be played out until may, maybe June, uh, but the golden Knights are not wasting time. They are going right into this. They have acquired a team They will relocate them to Southern Nevada, and the Henderson Silver Knights will be born as of next year. And to me, this is, again, a win-win. I kind of touched on this uh, last week when we did the mailbag episode. This this is a win-win. Golden Knights needed a team closer to them. They needed to operate an AHL squad closer to home. Uh, for as for as a historic of a franchise as the Chicago Wolves have been for a storied franchise as they've been in the a h l sending guys with the call ups you know reassignments, whatever the case may be, sending them from Rosemont, Illinois, to Vegas, and back to Rosemont, it just is not ideal, and you know kudos to the wolves for being able to put together such a quality organization for the Golden Knights to develop their young players, obviously you see. Cody Glass now on the main roster. Nick Haig has been a mainstay on the main roster. Zach Whitecloud has been on the main roster for the last few games. It, it has clearly become a very successful hotbed for the Golden Knights, and they've been able to rely on the conditions and to rely on the uh, just the overall uh, organizational atmosphere that the Wolves have provided. And it has worked out in their favor, and obviously it worked out last year when the Wolves made the Calder Cup final. So clearly, the Golden Knights have been able to kind of, you know, take full advantage of the resources that they have there. But now, again, it is time to bring those young guys, those prospects, those fringe AHL guys over to Vegas so it doesn't seem like it's a forever call up. It's literally going to be a drive from Henderson to City National if you get called up which again, I live in Henderson to get to city national arena on a good day. It's 30 minutes. It's not that bad of a drive. I think everybody is going to enjoy the fact that they don't have to fly everywhere. The only flying they'll have to do is if they're called to the main main roster, they just get on the team jet and they go. And that is going to be very, um, it's going to be a very good thing for those guys instead of having to fly and rack up the frequent flyer miles for as good as that probably is. I think a 30-minute drive would be a little bit better. Uh, Season ticket deposits. Uh, You can put down a season ticket deposit of $50 if you do plan on attending these games. And they haven't released how much a season ticket package is going to be. I would very much guess it is going to be very less than however much you put down for a season ticket deposit before the Golden Knights even played a game. And have had to deal with the increase in ticket prices ever since then, but I digress. Um, if you are interested in going to what well, would be a Henderson Silver Knights game, I mean, that's that's a pretty good bargain. I, I think that's getting $50 season, not $50 season tickets, but putting the deposit down and probably not having to p- cough up an arm and a leg to get more season tickets to go see the young kids and to go see the guys who have been around the league for a little bit and are trying to get a roster spot, I think that's good. Uh, I also think it would be very imperative for the Golden Knights. Um, Now, I'm not exactly sure. I do believe that Rocky Thompson is technically under contract with the Golden Knights, so Thompson would probably more than likely follow the team to Vegas uh, as its head coach, to my knowledge and to the people I've spoken to uh that has not changed and that will be um that will be the situation going forward to next year but as it stands the golden knights will have an AHL team and they will have an AHL team in Las Vegas barring a drastic collapse in voting and i i couldn't imagine the golden knights not getting this resolved and them not getting a team in the Vegas Valley by next year um so it should be very exciting. They're going to play in Orleans Arena next year. I think that's also going to be fun. I, I saw a lot of people today suggest team names. I would love if they went by the Las Vegas Thunder again. I would love if they went by the uh, the Las Vegas Wranglers again. Probably if they brought the ECHL back to Vegas, then we'd have to resurrect the Wranglers. For now, I think the Henderson Silver Knights are fine. They're probably going to have to do I'm I'm curious of the logo now. Because you already know the Golden Knights logo, the helmet—it's a V, right? It, it's a V for the uh, the the seeing area, I guess you could say. What do you, what do you do with Henderson? Do you do you put an H? What, what do you do? Do you just do like two vertical lines, and then your nose is like the centerpiece for the H, or do you just do a regular silver helmet with like Henderson scribbled on top or something? I don't know. I'm very intrigued to find out how they go about it, but a uh, very good moment to get minor league hockey into the Vegas area. And yeah, and I, and I'd like to think they're moving to the Pacific division. I mean, when I think the coyotes would eventually move, you no, know, the, the Tucson Roadrunners would eventually move to the central if they're not already in the central. And then Palm Springs will take over uh Tucson spot when Seattle starts play so very, very big news. And I think it's gotta be very exciting news. If you're a hockey fan, if you're a golden Knights fan, this is the kind of, this is a uh, very exciting and it should be fun to watch these guys, uh, play in person next year and not need, uh, an, an AHL TV subscription, uh, which can sometimes be a little bit of a, a little bit of a drag if you want to put it that way. So let's, uh, let's transition now. Um, uh, Look around the league one time before we get out of here. Uh again, notice is late. Try to make sure we get this up in a timely manner, because some of y'all are still awake and probably want to hear this podcast because I know you are. That's probably not true. But let's look around the league one time. The Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. The Detroit Red Wings beat the Buffalo Sabres. And and I don't know exactly what I'm more disappointed about. The fact that the Sabres are who we thought they were. Or that this game was on national television with Pierre Maguire on the bench and the Lightning and Penguins were not on national TV. I don't know which one I'm angry at more. I think that that is a problem to have those two, literally two of the worst teams in the league, fight it out and it eventually went to a shootout so the people who did watch it had to endure more time of this and then to see the sabers lose once again and for the red wings to finally win a game all of that combined to one giant pile of crap and anybody who watched that game god bless you uh the montreal Canadiens defeated the anaheim ducks three to two in overtime and the only thing i'm going to say about this game because I don't think we've talked about him enough. We will probably talk about him more should the Canadians continue this push. Nick Suzuki scored another goal. Nick Suzuki has had one hell of a quiet rookie season. Now 34 points on the season, 11 goals, 23 assists. Definitely not going to win the Calder, but if he keeps this up, I would not be shocked if Suzuki was a finalist for the Calder. And to me, again, Cody Glass has been okay. He's been hurt. But don't you think the Golden Knights would really love to have Nick Suzuki on that roster at this moment? With that shot, with that playmaking ability, I would venture to guess Vegas would love to have Nick Suzuki. Again, they love to have Pacioretty right now. Pacioretty's been killing it for them. They're accelerating the timeline. They have to do what they have to do. But sometimes I wonder what, what would happen if they kept at least two of those guys. They'd both be playing right now, and Haig would probably be playing. So three rookies probably doesn't sound great, but at least might be better than who you got at third line center right now. I'm just saying. Uh the Lightning beat the Penguins four to two. Andre Vasilevsky now has a 17 game point streak, which is, I believe, now a Tampa Bay record which was held for almost 20 years by uh, one of my favorite goaltenders growing up, Nikolai Bulin. Nikolai Bulin. I had two favorite goaltenders. I had had so many goaltenders growing up, so many favorite goaltenders growing up. One obviously was Marty Turco. The other one was Ed Belfour, obviously being Stars goaltenders. The other two that were my favorite just so happened to play in the Stanley Cup final before the lockout, Nikolai Habibulin and Mika Kippersoff. And the fact that when I was watching the Lightning game, and I think Dave Gosher said the name Nikolai Hobby Bullen, I was like, that is a name I have not heard in a very long time. And the fact that Andre Vasilevsky surpassed him for this franchise record in a point streak is insane to see how long Hobby Bullen has stood the test of time in Tampa Bay lore. So kudos to Mr. Vasilevsky and kudos to the Lightning who may not lose another game again because they just keep winning. Here come the lightning. Everybody run and hide. Protect your children. Now, they can get. Now obviously, the key is getting out of the first round, but I think if you're a little bit more pissed off than you were last year, there's a good chance they're getting out of the first round. Uh, the New York Islanders 5-3 win over the Los Angeles Kings. The Devils shut out the Flyers 5-0. If you had that in your office pool, good on you. The Avalanche beat the Senators 4-1. The Jets go into St. Louis and beat the Blues 4-2. I'm not saying to worry about the St. Louis Blues, but they have not been very stellar since coming out of the break. I'm not saying to discredit the Blues. They have not been as good since out of the break. I'm just saying. Uh, we already touched on the Wild beating the Canucks four to two. The Predators winning three to two. The Hurricanes beating the Coyotes five to three. I believe they scored five unanswered in that game because Arizona took a two nothing lead, and the Carolina just went Whoa! just beat them, blitzed them, and then the Sharks, who were down two to nothing, scored five unanswered and eventually won six to three over Edmonton. So big, big night for the Golden Knights again. A couple teams with a couple games in hand. I understand that. But you look at the standings now, you go points, and you see the Vegas Golden Knights at 63 points in second place. Even with 56 games in, this is the time where they're going to start needing to win these games. And if they keep on doing it, it's going to look a hell of a lot better coming into the playoff time. So big night for the Golden Knights to have all four of those teams lose and lose in regulation. But now the Carolina Hurricanes come to town and... You know, they just lost to them four to three and in their barn and Vegas nearly blew a three-one lead. You have to avenge, you have to figure that uh Carolina's gonna play a lot better in that game on Saturday. And Eric Holla will return to T Mobile Arena. Yeah, we cannot forget that. Uh so that will do it for for me tonight, everybody. Uh if you're listening to this tonight at Thursday, or if you're listening to this at uh Friday morning, that's always good too. Uh, we'll be back Friday to break down the Carolina game and what to expect. And uh, anything else in between, I will let you know. But thank you all for listening, for downloading, for sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. It is greatly appreciated. If you are on Apple Podcasts, by the way, uh, if you'd be so kind as to leave a review and a rating so it helps other people find the podcast. lets me know how I'm doing. Um, again, not the best podcaster in the world, but it's a new venture for me. I'm trying to get better every day. And I hope that you all have somewhat enjoyed my takes on this team. So that will do it for me, guys. Thank you for listening. I will catch you tomorrow as we get ready oh so close to the Golden Knights returning to T-Mobile Arena for the first time in 35 years. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.